Good morning, my friend. The marketplace of ideas is open. It's great to have you along. Welcome to the Greg Belfridge Show. A lot of big stories this morning, so let's dive right into them. The um, There's a lot of, uh, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of outrage on the part of Democrats who are uh, melting down. The U.S. Supreme Court is uh, made a decision that they're going to, they will take up the case of Donald Trump's claims of immunity. And so the left is in absolute meltdown as a result of this. They are um, starting with uh, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said the Supreme Court is placing itself on trial with its decision to hear the former president's total immunity claim. She said it remains to be seen whether the justices will uphold the fundamental American value that no one is above the law, not even the former president. Now, that's among the, the... the less strident comments coming from uh, former Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The over at the Daily Beast, they're frothing at the mouth. Literally, they. they um, one columnist said, "Let's not beat around the bush. Decision by the Supreme Court to hear the Trump immunity case is outrageous, and at its heart, fundamentally corrupt." And this uh, this goes on, and then it, it got worse. Another who was even more vulgar. I'm going to go with they're corrupt as blank, bought and paid for by crystal fascist traitors. She says on X. <laughs> so they are in absolute total meltdown on the left in this country that the U.S. Supreme Court has made a decision to hear Donald Trump's claims of, of immunity. And, uh, wow, Axios has got a story on this this morning saying that the Supreme Court, the headline, handing Trump a win by taking the immunity case. So the justices agreed this week to decide whether Trump enjoys total immunity from prosecution The timing of that decision likely means a trial over Trump's role in January 6th won't begin, much less end, before the election. So this is why they're froth. They want it all of this to take place now. (laughs) And the wheels have come off. The wheels have totally come off, and they are not happy about it. It's, uh, you know, that's always a good day for me. <laughs> you look at that, watching them melt down, and I thought, well, that's a nice change, rather than me melting down, you know, um, because there's a lot of things to drive you crazy going on these days. That's the big story. Also, we have the an Illinois judge announced uh, late yesterday that Donald Trump has been removed now from the Illinois ballot, the presidential primary ballot. And, I mean, they're they're following, what are they, the third state now that is uh, that have done this, uh, Colorado and 
and another, and uh, now Illinois, they want to remove Trump from the state ballots. Uh, and it's the same thing. We've talked about it at length before. You know, he's an insurrectionist, and therefore he... Um, the And this was a, a Cook County Circuit Judge, Tracy Porter. Um, she urged the board to, um, this is the Illinois State Board of Elections, and she urged them to remove Trump or cause any votes for him to be suppressed. Left is kind of used to doing that, aren't they? They're, They're used to that suppression. And I think if you continue to give them more control, get used to suppression. It won't just be Donald Trump in the future. It'll be, it'll be why a lot more widespread than that. So that's also a big story. Also, we have visits to the border. The president will be visiting the border. Donald Trump will also be visiting the border. They'll both be in Texas, but not at the same location. But each of them are um, will be at the border today. And I'm just, I'm curious to know as to whether or not you think this uh, the president's visit down to the border is going to going to help him or or not. I I'm not even certain politically what it is he's hoping to accomplish by this. We'll have to wait and see how the day plays out today. But what that now he's. Uh, Suddenly, you know, in the midst of this, and um, I mean, uh, I just think it's too little, way too late, and not nearly. I mean, he he could have acted on this. That you don't need to go to the border to understand what's happening in the country. I haven't been to the border, and I get it. You get it. You may not have been to the border. You may have not seen what's going on down there firsthand, but you understand it. I do. So the whole sham of going down to a, the, the border in the first place, it, it, it is a, it's a sham. It's a show. It's what it is. So he and Donald Trump are both going today. Again, they'll be several hundred miles apart. The President, I think, in uh, in Brownsville, and Donald Trump will be going to Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass is ground zero in the border, you know, um, what we see happening on the border, the border catastrophe. Eagle Pass is at ground zero. So it'll... We'll see what happens as the uh, as the day goes on, and likely we'll wind up talking about it tomorrow. But that's a uh, a big story. The yeah, he is about three hundred miles apart. I think the two will be Joe Biden and Donald Trump. They'll be about three hundred miles. Eagle Pass about three hundred miles away from Brownsville. But they're going on the same day, and the Brownsville residents say they hope the country will see that their city is more 
than what is being shown in the media. Biden plans to use his visit today to drive the message that Republicans at Trump's urging killed the bipartisan bill that would have brought some resources to the area for immigration enforcement. So blaming it on Trump, Trump, Trump's not. I just, I, and I would Trump would respond to that a little bit more forcefully, personally, the nonsense of that. And I wish other Republicans would do the same because I'm tired of hearing it. It's, it's just uh, bogus. Other big stories this morning. The president had his annual physical yesterday. And uh, uh, the uh, president uh, afterwards said, uh, doctors think I look too young. And I thought, well, <laughs> because he drinks blood. You know that, right? <laughs> no. The, uh, it just feels that way, doesn't it? So the uh, president saying there's been no changes since his checkup last year. So he's brushing off age concerns. And uh, the White House, the Ministry of Truth, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the same way. Uh, she said, uh, the president, by the way, he underwent this physical, but no cognitive test. No cognitive test. And Corrine Jean-Pierre said, the president doesn't need a cognitive test. (laughs) You serious? Oh, yeah, she's serious. And she said, that's not my assessment. That is not my assessment. That is the assessment of the president's doctor. That is also the assessment of the neurologist who has made that assessment as well. How many times can you say assessment in the same sentence? The, and so the, uh, she said, and this is more of what she has been saying, the president, who was also the commander-in-chief. Oh, have, you know, don't remind me. Um, he passes a cognitive test every day, every day. So he moves from one topic to another topic, trying to, Understanding the granular level of these topics. You saw him talk about fighting crime today. Tomorrow he's going to the border. Next week he's going to give a State of the Union address. So she said, I think folks need to understand that the president passes again a cognitive test every day. You know what? You know who I think needs a cognitive test? I think Corrine Jean-Pierre needs a cognitive test. I mean, seriously. She's out there peddling this stuff. And it's like, I think she's the one who is really in need of a cognitive test. Um, RFK Jr. is talking about it. He was on. Um, he was on Fox News Channel. And, and RFK Jr. says, no. He says he needs to show the American people he has the cognitive capacity and mental acuity to lead the country for another four-year term. And he said, I, I, I think he needs to come out of the White House and show Americans that he has the cognitive capacity and the mental acuity 
to handle this job at probably the most challenging time now, at least in recent American history. We're facing issues that are existential. We're involved in two wars. We have AI coming down, which is going to change everything, and there's enormous dangers in it. We uh, have a, an economic crisis in this country where, you know, the middle class is disappearing. It's been torpedoed. Where 57% of Americans can't put their hands on $1,000. Where an entire generation of kids cannot buy a home. This is a crisis, he said. And we need to, now again, keep in mind, this is RFK Jr., who has been a, a Democrat, says we need a president who is thinking about these things, who is articulating a solution for the American people, he said. So that was his reaction on on Fox News Channel yesterday. Also, a bit of a bombshell yesterday when Senate Senator Mitch McConnell said he would be stepping down from his leadership post in November. And he I, literally his uh, his tenure as leading the uh, Senate, uh, being the Republican leader in the Senate. Um, is is the stuff of history, I mean, in terms of, of length. And so McConnell, who is now 82, he turned 82 this month, he announced the decision in his speech on the Senate floor yesterday, and he said one of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. So I stand before you today to say, this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate, he said. And he said, I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. However, I will complete my job. My colleagues have given me until we select a new leader in November and they take the helm next January. So there is a lot of speculation as to uh, why uh, why he's doing that? Is, is he getting out of the way of the Trump train? There's been no love between, at times, between uh, him and uh, Trump has been uh, quite critical. And a lot of reaction to this, and a lot of people then who are already vying for that for McConnell's job as Republican, you know, the top Republican in the Senate. Fox News has a story this morning. Crowded field of potential McConnell successors emerges in the Senate, they said. Not everyone's too happy. Um, well, actually, uh, I should say not everyone is con- congratulatory. House Freedom Caucus mocked McConnell after he announced this yesterday. And uh, they said, our thoughts are with our Democrat colleagues in the Senate on the retirement of their co-majority leader, Mitch McConnell. And then in parentheses, you know, where you get, normally it's an R or a D, and then the state which you represent, right? In parentheses, they put a D slash Ukraine. Democrat representing Ukraine. Wow. And uh, they said 
No need to wait until November. Senate Republicans should immediately elect a Republican minority leader. So that was the House Freedom Caucus and their reaction. So you got a lot of successors. Also, the McConnell team in talks with Donald Trump as to, you know, McConnell endorsing Donald Trump for president. And that would be a big move. As I said, there has been no love loss between um, Trump and McConnell at times. So McConnell then endorsing Trump, and you're starting to, I think, even see that already uh, with Senator John Thune this week endorsing Trump. Will McConnell do the same? And then finally this morning, I was just so saddened by this story. Richard Lewis has passed away. He was 76 years old. Longtime comedian. He is well known for his roles uh, on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Have you ever watched that? I must say, I've only started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm here in the last few years. (laughs) He's incredibly incredibly funny on that show. I think Larry David is too. I it's just a it's just a funny show. So, um Richard Lewis has sadly has passed away and you've got folks who are reacting to his to his death and Larry David said, "You know, Richard and I were born 3 days apart in the same hospital and for most of my life He's been like a brother to me. He had that rare combination of being the funniest person and also the sweetest. But today he made me sob, and for that I'll never forgive him, he said. And then uh, have you ever watched uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Cheryl Hines played uh, Larry David's wife in the series. And Cheryl Hines said of of Richard Lewis, she said, when I was young, I had the biggest crush on Richard Lewis. He was the funniest person on stage and the most handsome comedian. Then she said, when I was cast on Curb Your Enthusiasm, I got to work with him, and it was a dream come true, she said. And she said, through the years, I learned who Richard really was and the gifts he gave. Yes, he, he was the comedian I fell in love with, but he was also one of the most loving people I know. He would take time to tell the people that he loved what they meant to him, especially in recent years. And she said in, be, in between takes on Curb Your Enthusiasm, he would tell me how special I was to him and how much he loved me. I love you, Richard. That's a pretty common theme from the people who worked with Richard Lewis that you know this was a guy who was funny as hell but also had a lot of love in his heart for the people that he worked with and knew um and he showed it he showed it and I I was so sad when I heard this Richard Lewis, you know, always wore black, and I and I heard earlier this morning that he had um, 
He got this from watching Have Gun, Will Travel when he was a kid. You ever seen that show? Paladin, the man in black. And he said that that uh, dressing in black, he said, I didn't make a conscience, and he said this a number of years ago, I didn't make the conscious effort to find a costume, you know, as a hook. But he said he always loved Have Gun, Will Travel, and he said they had this guy, Paladin. And I thought he was the coolest (laughs) cowboy. And he said um, he, he wore all black. And so he just developed that. And that became one of his big uh, signatures, you know, the black clothes. He said, I, I just felt really comfortable from the early 80s on, and I never wore anything else. I never looked back. And he says he always dresses, you know, like he's going to a funeral. When people say, hey, we're going to Malibu, and it's bright, it's 90 degrees out, everybody can see the ocean, everybody's in white pants. He said, I walk in there in a black suit. And it scares some people. <laughs> uh, so sadly, Richard Lewis, dead at the age of 76. And that's a look at the big stories this morning. <laughs>